an opportunity for beef producers to get a leg up on 2021, and a new tech product that may boost nitrogen availability for corn. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. We brought two very different topics together for this week's episode. First up, we're offering a preview of an important virtual event coming the week of February 1st, the Virtual Beef Experience. This is a free event, and we wanted to learn more, so we connected with Sarah Muirhead, Managing Director with the Farm Progress team, to find out what you can expect. Then we turn our attention to corn, fertility, and a new tool that may help you maximize nitrogen use. Adam Lytle, CEO of Sound Agriculture, shares insight on the new product, Source. He explains how it works and some results they've seen. It's an interesting way to boost nitrogen availability to your corn crop, and has shown promise on other crops too. But first, Let's learn more about a new virtual experience for the beef industry with Sarah Muirhead. Sarah, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Well, thank you for having me, Willie. Well, I'm excited today. You know, we we started down our virtual journey with you actually in 2019 with the Global Hog event uh, in in place of the World Pork Expo, I guess, all the way back when ASF first hit, uh, African Swine Fever first hit. And you've kind of become, as managing director at Informer Markets, kind of in our group, an innovator on uh, virtual events, uh, and you've got a new one on tap, and this time it's on the beef market. You want to tell me about that? It is. It's our it's our first one on the on the beef um, specifically for the beef sector, and it's the virtual beef experience, and it's the first week in February, and we're pretty excited about it. It's going to be four days in length, and now don't panic. Four days does not mean four eight-hour days. It means one hour a day of programming um, over. Monday through Thursday, and we've got a, a great lineup of, of speakers and presentations. Well, as somebody who just survived a week of overlapping virtual events, uh, yes, four days scared me, but that's exciting. So it's an hour. If I register, once it's live, I can catch it later, but I want to try and catch it when it's live, right? As each com- one comes live, what time of day are they going to be? They're all going to be at 1 to 2 p.m. Central. And, yeah, the, the beauty of catching it live, of course, is that engagement and interaction that you can have with the speakers because we're going to have live Q&A on all the sessions and the speakers will be there to answer your questions. So it's a great opportunity to to have that interaction, plus with other attendees as well. Um, we're getting a really great response, um, a great interest from, from folks, from beef readers in being involved in this. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, I think we've all come to know that a virtual experience, if it's properly timed, can really help our businesses or our operations. Can you give me a, a little hint on the topics? Sure, sure. So on on Monday, February first, we're going to do go over some uh, survey results from. We did a survey on the stalker backgrounder sector, which. For those of those of you familiar with the uh, beef industry, that's kind of one of those sectors that's not very well understood. Players come and go within that. So we've done some current research and we've compared it back to some research that we had done previously. And we're able to give you an update and a scope as to, to what's going on in that sector. So we're pretty excited about being able to bring those survey findings. The next day on that Tuesday, February 2nd, we're looking at pasture management. You know, there's a lot of things you can do with your pasture 
pasture that um, is impacts your your health and your performance of your of your beef um, cattle herd. So we have an expert with us from Corteva who's going to um, go over some of the the links between forage and herd health. On Wednesday, February 3rd, we're talking to some um, we're looking at gen- genomics and we've got some top seed stock folks joining us to talk about what's going on in their operations and kind of how genomics, how certain genetics really can influence, um, you know, your your herd quality overall. So that'll be that'll be neat to really dig into some of those operations. Uh, and we have uh, Max Armstrong from our team is going to moderate that. So we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. And then on Thursday, we've got the final day is a session with um, Alan Dutcher out of the University of Nebraska. And we're going to look at the weather forecast for 2021. You know, there's some talk about drought, of course, um, La Nina, um, all kinds of stuff going on. And he's a weather expert and he's going to take us through that whole kind of forecast and, and what might likely be ahead. So pretty much if I spend four days with you, an hour a day, I should be pretty prepped for 2021 if I spend a little time at the beef, the virtual beef experience. Yeah, you're going to I mean, it's going to it's a variety of topics um, and everything, as you mentioned previously, Willie, everything would be archived. So you just need to register. And then if you can't make it at one o'clock central on one of the days or any of the days, you can go back and watch the presentations in in archive on demand um, form. And, you know, that's that's a way to do it as well. If you want to catch them in the evening or early in the morning and, and the middle of the day doesn't work for you. Well, that's exciting too, but and and that that has value, and maybe I see it live, and then maybe I want my hand, one of my farm hands, to take a look at it later. You know what I mean? That's the beauty of something like a, a virtual experience. I can learn, and then other people can learn, and that's valuable too. Anything else going on with that event? Is there anything outside of it, or is it is it? Uh, I mean, it's a lot going on already, but anything else we should know about? Well, and then there are some. Um, so our sponsors in this, uh, and they've got some some great information on their sponsor pages. So there's additional resources that you can certainly check out and and dig into. There'll also be representatives from those companies there that you can um, interact with. You can interact with all the attendees within the event. So it's not like you're just sitting in there watching a video. You're you're interacting, you're engaging in chats, you're watching the uh, the, the presentation. There's all different um, kinds of ways we're matching people up when you share common interests. So, you know, when you go to a trade show, a physical trade show, that's that's great. And you're way your, way your feet out and you still may never run into that one person that you probably should have met, but you didn't even know who they were. The virtual environment is very much about putting people together. So, you know, oh, I should I'm interested in this. And so is this person. And it just kind of suggests that maybe you guys should should get together and, and talk. You know, it doesn't make you link up, but it does give you some ability to reach out to other people and get to know each other. So again, a lot of um, kind of side opportunities in addition to some really great content. Yeah, it is great content and it's exciting to have those layers of other information I can dig in on or connect with people on. A quick question for you too. This isn't platform dependent, right? I don't have to be sitting at my desk. If I happen to be in the cab of my truck at one o'clock, can I watch this on my phone? It's super mobile friendly. Yes, yes, it is. uh, it is probably the most mobile friendly um, application that I've seen. And you can, you just click through to it. 
Um, you'll get notification that it's about to start. Click the link. There it is. Watch it. I mean, if you want to type your questions into the phone, you can do that. It's all um, all available right there at your fingertips or on your tablet or wherever you are. That's exciting, too, because I think trying to do these about five years ago or 10 years ago would have been a disaster because <laughs> I'm not near my computer at one o'clock in the afternoon. But I mean, obviously, the mobile environment and there are guys that will tell you they probably have a better web connection on their phone sitting out near a tower than they are at the office, too. So especially in the in, in ranch country. So I think this is exciting. Sarah, I think. Uh, uh, all this work we're doing in virtual experiences, we, you know, we did the Farm Progress virtual experience. You've done two global hog events. Um, anything that you carry off of those as you work forward, knowing that we're moving forward into a virtual world, even though we will still have live events, uh, we will have virtual parts of it. How do you, how do you look at that from your position? Well, so as you mentioned at the beginning, we had the Global Hog Industry Virtual Conference in May of 2019, and that was launched because the World Pork Expo was canceled due to African swine fever. We, you know, we were basically approached by our clients and and, and our, our readers and saying, what what can we do? We have information we want to get out to the industry. So so we kind of just said, okay, well, you know, we created this virtual event and not even knowing how it was going to go and, and learning so much in a very short period of time. And then we've, I counted it up the other day and we're at 10 virtual events that we've done. And then we've been behind the scenes on three others in this past, um, past year. Now, initially when we started, all of the virtual stuff was something that was fairly, you know, people were kind of starting to dabble in video and starting to do this, but it wasn't certainly where we have all moved and moved since March of 2020 when COVID hit. And now we're so comfortable with this technology that the virtual events have taken on a whole new approach and they constantly change and get better. So if you've been frustrated by one, you know, two years ago, don't hold that against it. Come on back. But there's just so many things you can do within a virtual event. And I think as people start to go back to meetings, and I think it'll be a slow process, but I think they will go back. There's no question about that at all. Physical events have not been replaced by virtual, but there's a role for virtual in um, uh, in tandem with the physical events because there are a lot of people that can't get to events. So this gives them the opportunity. It also gives anyone creating an event an opportunity to showcase what's going on at that event because maybe you want to come next year because you've seen this awesome keynote speech. Um, so they'll be different if you're running a, a mobile or a, a hybrid, we call them, which was a, a yeah. virtual event and a physical event at the same time. You'll get different content. I mean, they're actually you can sit in a in a, an event and comment on your phone into, you know, into that that physical event. So there's a lot of different things. And I think they're going to grow closer and closer together as as we move and figure out what the what's going on with where we're at on physical events and where the technology takes us constantly changing. It is, as you know, Willie, a constant learning process. And that's what really makes it exciting to see new things coming and uh, being able to bring new things to the table for all of you who are joining us in these virtual events. Yeah, I'm excited by it too. Um, a little scared, as you mentioned, but excited as well, because <laughs> it does change how we interact. I mean, it just changes everything. But I think you're right. It's a layer that you can add to even a live event. Uh, so if someone didn't make it, they can go, wait a minute, what about this thing? And it's easier to find this thing or that thing or that that presentation or details that they can reach out to in contacts. And I think that uh, I would be very interested to see how this evolves, and I look forward to working with you um, as we go forward on these as well. Uh, Sarah, thanks for joining me on Around Farm Progress. It's been good to talk to you. Uh, good luck with the 
virtual beef experience. I know I'm going to be watching and uh, thanks very much. Thank you, Willie. And uh, beefmagazine.com if you want to register. Thanks to Sarah Muirhead for details on this innovative experience. As she noted, the place to go for more information is beefmagazine.com, where you will see details about registering for the free virtual beef experience. And remember, while it's happening over four days, it's for an hour each day, worth making time for. And did I mention it was free? Now we turn our attention to the crop side of the business, where Sound Agriculture is blazing a new trail with an innovative product showing promise for maximizing nitrogen use for corn. Adam Lytle of Sound Agriculture, and yes, I called it Sound Ag during our conversation, shares more. He's also speaking from his home office, and you'll hear what that means. Well, Adam, I'd like to welcome you to Around Farm Progress. Uh, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Will. It's a pleasure to be here. So today we're talking about something, you know, there's been a lot of development in and startups in agriculture, but uh, your company, Sound Ag, has taken a little different tack. I mean, you don't have you don't have circuit boards or software, or you're not actually working in the cloud per se. Uh, you're working right at ground level, I think, in agriculture. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, I've, I've actually been very involved in the digital side before and enjoy that, but uh, I, I transitioned to sound recently, and we're actually working in the biology side. So both below ground with the soil microbiome, as well as in the plant itself uh, with next generation traits. That's pretty cool. And we all know that we're all working from home today, so don't worry about that. Um, yes, yeah, might hear some of my, my seven-year-old or five-year-old in the background. Apologies. Oh, my gosh. Both. So when you talk about working at the ground level, you've got a product called Source. Uh, let's talk about the, the news from Source a little bit. With Source, there's some interesting news from the field trials that you've done. You've got like four years of data. What'd you learn? That's right. So uh, sound has really been focused on on deep science, making sure that our products work year after year, uh, especially in the nutrient efficiency space where there's been a lot of variability. So Source is our flagship product. We launched that last year in 2020 and had really great results from the 2020 growing season. But it was really our fourth year out on the farm, um, trialing different things. And whereas we started focusing on yield boost, and we got some awesome results showing an average of seven and a half bushels for corn at an 83% win rate, which is quite high. We also flipped the switch and was seeing what would happen if you if you reduce nitrogen and could you maintain yield or also get a yield boost. And we finally got that data. And that's also been several years showing that we can. And so um, you can reduce 25 to 50 pounds of nitrogen, depending on, on your scenario, and maintain yields or still get a slight slight bump. So for growers uh, who are more interested in the environmental footprint uh, while still maintaining yield and having a good ROI, there's a solution. For others who, who want to maximize yield and not change their practices, uh, you also have a solution. So it kind of has that dual benefit. With corn over, well, in the high fours, low fives right now, I'm thinking I know what I'd do, just a choice a guy might make with source. Well, the question on that, too, is um, you mentioned that you could cut back 25 to 50 pounds. How would you know how much to cut back? I mean, there's some issues with soil pH and soil type, too, in that, right? Yep. So uh, the range tends to be among U.S. corn growers about 150 to 250 pounds of nitrogen applied, depending on what, what economic goals are. And so it depends a little bit where you are. If you're on the lower end of the spectrum, uh, we recommend more like 25 
if you're on the upper end, then you really can go up to 50. And so you're looking at a 20 to 30% swing depending. And uh, there's also, so we have some predictive models and data science that shows if your pH is a little bit on the lower side of neutral, if you have some healthier organic matter, uh, as well as a certain range of, of CEC kind of exchange capacity, it tends to work there. There's a, a variety of things that go into it, and we make it fairly easy in terms of a, a model you can you can plug in and figure out the best plan. So um, have you, you mentioned algorithm, have you figured out exactly Perfect. which ways to work with the product in that regard, in terms of the 25 to 50 pounds of nitrogen savings to help me figure out what to use, or is that still something you're toying with? We, so I think it's going to be a journey as we continue to get more and more data, and this will just improve. That's the that's the promise of of more data, and you can you can leverage some some models for it. Uh, however, today we're very confident in uh, a few different data points that are relatively simple ingredients to it. So we have a sales agronomy team, and we'll essentially just talk with. You as the grower will talk with our retailers. We have a, a great network of ambassadors who are selling the product throughout the Corn Belt. And we go through that agronomic plan. It's not too different than when you're thinking about optimizing your seed placement, uh, your nutrient efficiency placement plan. And so um, we're, we're confident and ready to do that. And we also actually guarantee the performance. And so um, the data is consistent enough that we will guarantee a, a 1x return on the product. Otherwise, we're going to cover your downside. So that's interesting, too. I thought that was an interesting guarantee. But, but I think some people might think, well, this is something you're putting on the soil and it's helping the corn fix nitrogen. It must be some sort of a microbe or something. But your product isn't a biological. No, that's right. It, it, you, can, you can think about it in a similar space because the value for the grower at the end of the day is very similar. We improve efficiency of, of um, macronutrients and we, we protect yield and, and can reduce environmental footprint. So that's similar. But what's really distinct is uh, no one else is, is doing this with a chemistry. So what happened is our, our founders, who are these biochemistry PhDs, much smarter folks than me, um, have developed a, a way to look at the interaction between plant and the root zone and the soil microbiome. And after studying that, identified certain hormones that go from the plant to the microbiome, and they signal nitrogen fixers and phosphorosolubilizers to come to the root zone and, and do their thing and nourish the plant and create that ecosystem. And they then took the uh, very much like a life sciences discovery approach and mimic that with a synthetic chemistry. And lo and behold, you can, you can trigger that response sort of like uh, if you drink caffeine in the morning, it, it gets a system going. You can trigger that response between the plant and the microbiome by spraying a very small amount of this source product as a foliar spray. So it's actually less than an ounce per acre that you can just pour in the tank at uh, B4 to B6 with an early um, herbicide, for example, or Bt to R3 with a late fungicide. And those are the key periods when, when our product is going to have the highest impact. So it basically just translate, translocates through the corn plant into the root zone and says, hey, microbes, come here and do some work. Exactly. That's wow. the, that, there, there's a much longer, geekier science process, but yes, <laughs> in short. And it, <laughs> well, it, it's take make compatible. It, it's chemistry that sits on the shelf and can last for years. And so you don't really have to change anything um, in terms of behavior. And there's very little friction there, which is great. 
So basically just open up a jug and pour it in. So and into my tank when I'm doing everything else. That makes perfect sense. That's good. So source is a good product. You're increasing production, what, tenfold this year? So that yeah, I know you sold out last year, but you are you a startup. It. It's hard as a startup to keep up with early demand, which is great news. Where do you go from here? What, are you guys working on other things or what? what's the plan for Sound Ag? Absolutely. So uh, we continue to see bright future there. We're hiring fairly fast uh, to be able to meet that market demand and get the word out. We've been in, in stealth mode until about a year ago. So we we're kind of under the radar and that's, that's changing rapidly uh, with more investment in the company and the space. Uh, we aren't just working on corn though. So while that was the first product, we're soon going to be coming out with some news on, a, on another crop that we're working on, given that the mode of action is on uh, phosphorus as well as nitrogen. That's unique. Um, usually usually folks are just focused on one or the other. And uh, we're doing field trials in a number of crops. So when you think about soybeans, when you think about cotton and wheat, uh, rice, it has activity on all those crops. And it's a matter of kind of tweaking your formulation and optimizing optimizing placement. Uh, we, all, we even have something in the pipeline around enhancing photosynthesis and, and carbon capture, which is uh, pretty exciting if we actually do see a carbon market or other things that uh, I know some government are talking about. So there's a broad pipeline, again, kind of like a life sciences company applied to, to biochemistry and agriculture, which we think is a novel approach. So, so basically, you're kind of a marriage between biology and chemistry in a new way, which is kind of exciting. And and so you're crop independent. I mean, you're talking monocots and dicots, and your and stuff seems to work. That's right. That's right. I mean, the, the plant tissues are similar enough, and the, the active ingredients uh, operate in a similar way. It, and it's this. It's really very similar um, bacteria and microbes that are doing the work there. Um, so we think it has a broad application across. Not just row crops, but but even the specialties. It's really a matter of prioritization uh, and resources. Well, that's great. So uh, congratulations on your success with Source. I think it'll be interesting to follow along. I mean, your background you you didn't just drop in and start up as a startup with those bio those chemistry guys. How do you see this with your ag your agronomy and your agriculture background, Adam? Yeah, so I, I actually joined the company as CEO uh, last April, so it's been almost a year, and uh, have the um, fortunate timing of where COVID was starting, so kind of been a, a wartime situation, but it's going well. Um, I had come from uh, Granular, so I was one of the founding team there, um, which is farm management software and analytics, and I really believe in the approach of um, no, not extremes, but but you take some folks uh, who have a new take on the industry and a problem, uh, along with those who have been in industry working with ag retail and large OEMs for a while, and, and you can kind of get the best of both worlds. Um, I like to apply a bit of a Silicon Valley playbook to this and be very data-driven. Think about things like predictive models um, and, and a data-driven approach to decisions, because that'll get you better results, especially over over the long term. So I think all those things are are combined in this. Um, and I also really have a love of biology. I, I think the last century, um, we saw a lot of advances in, in core chemistry, and then you had advances like GMOs. Um, I think in this century, it's, it's about both information management and it's about more natural ways of growing crops and food. Um, the consumer 
and, and government and growers are all interested in um, doing more with less and you can make more money at the same time and, and, and help the planet. And so I think this whole um, intersection of biology and chemistry with, with more targeted biology at the core is, is the future. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Oh, I would, I would agree completely. And I think it's interesting. I believe that we were talking a while back and I have not written about or followed the microbiome of plants so much as I have in the last five years. We are really getting to understand what's going on underground and that's just plenty of opportunity. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, Adam Lytle from Sound Ag, it's been great talking to you today here on Around Farm Progress. We hope you have a good uh, season and uh, stay safe. Absolutely. Thanks, William. Great connecting again. Uh, love the work you all do. Thanks to Adam Lytle for that information about Source, a new product from Sound Agriculture. And also thanks to Sarah Muirhead for her insights on the virtual beef experience coming up the week of February 1st. I do think I mentioned that it was a free virtual event and worth checking out. You've been listening to Around Farm Progress, our weekly look at agriculture across the United States with editors from the Farm Progress team and experts in our industry. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer, and Feedstuffs, and the new Farm Progress Virtual Experience. If you didn't tune into the premiere of the Farm Progress Virtual Experience, no problem. You can still visit the site to see everything. Just visit huskerharvestdays.com for a direct connection to the virtual event. It's worth a look. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.